Lesaka Foster, Nick Wilson, gentlemen, good morning, happy youth month, thank you for waking up so early, welcome to the show. And good morning to you, thank you for having us. Morning, 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 the trick is to not go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you answered my next question quickly, because I'm thinking creatives never really sleep and they never really get to retire. Exactly, exactly, it's just been working. Gee, gentlemen. Both of you, COVID-19, how has it affected you? Let's say, let's start with you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, as you already touched upon, we are used to this working, you know, working from home thing. It's called freelancing in our career. And it's a big part of the industry uh, locally and internationally. So it hasn't... In terms of my workflow, it hasn't affected me that much, but in terms of the work I do at Simulukong, where I work with uh, 20 interns, you know, it's become a real a real obstacle because I designed a program so they could be in one space, you know, working together mm. under my watchful eye along with my assistant. So in that sense, it's, you know, it's become a bit disruptive, but we've made it possible for communication to be open and for them to be able to work from home by, you know, providing the hardware, software that they need and access to internet. Nick, in, in your case? Yeah, well, I mean, since I've, um, you know, opened my own company and, and been running it, um, I've been working from a home office. So I've been a, a self-isolating professional for a very long time. Um, the, uh, the main challenge... Um, for me, um, as Lasejo has said, is um, there, there is an amount of human interaction that um, is required in our industry um, in you know various capacities, um, and that's been tri- tricky to navigate around. Um, you know, uh, voice artists, um, storyboard artists that are you know in a another. Um, suburb or, or area that that, can't, that you can't travel to. I mean, those are those are challenges um, that we've had to overcome. Um, thankfully, for the main part, um, internet uh, is fairly decent in South Africa, and it's fairly accessible um, at a reasonable cost at the moment. So, um, I, I would say there's been an amount of adaptation, but. Uh, for the most part, it's um, it's been kind of business as usual. Uh, well, uh, we're glad to hear that uh, that it's business as usual because for most people, it hasn't been the case. Do you think that uh, we, we, you know, the average uh, Joe like me understand what animation is, Lesejo? Uh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> C- can you help us there? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Of course. Well, uh, animation is the act of creating sequential moving images by doing it one frame at a time. So a drawing in terms of 2D, just to take it to most basic, simplest form, one drawing is one frame. So it's actually smaller than a second. It's the smallest um, amount of time you could get is one frame. So by putting images together and playing them, then they sequentially move. I'm sure you've seen those flip books where people draw in the corner of the book and they flip it and the person runs or something, you know. It looks like a lot of work to me. It is, but it's very satisfying. You spend hours on something and then you play it and it plays for three seconds and you're like, yes, I'm, 
I'm amazing. I'm a god. <laughs> I've created life. <laughs> Are there different types of animation, or it's just one that uh, will constantly be at developmental stage because of uh, you know the the demands of the industry, as it were. There's many types. There's 2D animation, which is, you know, that requires the ability and the skill of drawing. There's 3D animation, which is like your Shreks, you know, your Tangled, the the Pixar things that are coming out. There's stop motion, which is, you know, moving an actual model and photographing it. So making one move at a time and photographing it. That is your Coralines, your uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, I think. Uh, then there's other, there's cutouts. Cutouts is a big, big part of the, of the animation international industry now. We actually did, I did some pre-production on one of next projects, uh, which was done in cutouts, you know, so softwares are actually gearing themselves to be able to handle a certain kind of animation. And then there's other kinds, the sand animation, typography, you know, they're more niche, but those are the big five. Nick, obviously, th- this takes, uh, you know, quite a process, doesn't it? Indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, from DK, ending up in France, bruh. How did that happen? Have you, have you always been an animator or th- this developed over time? Well, when I was born and my... Mother moved to my father's family's place, which was in Tefemi. And I saw my uncle draw. He was doing fine art at at Technicon at the time. So as a little crawling baby, I saw a man create life from his hands. But he was just drawing a pencil, you know. So I've sort of had a cheat because I've been drawing ever since I saw Fati draw. His name was Fati. And a part of me... I like to think there's a part of my brain which is kind of stupid because I had no, there was no role model in this country that I could look to to say, I want to be like that person. I was carving my own path as I went. And, you know, because the best people, animation has three major countries. It's France, Japan, and America. And there's a master that opened up in France at the best school in the world. It's literally the number one school in the world for 75 years. I applied and I got accepted, you know, which actually validated that I am good enough. I am enough because the school, it's called good law, and it doesn't make you good. It, it accepts you when you're good and works the hardest to try and make you great, you know. Nick, you recognized and were just floored by the power of animation and uh, Leap of Faith took over. Tell us more. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I studied animation uh, many years ago. Uh, I'm a bit older than the Seho. Uh, and there wasn't a animation industry in South Africa, so it really wasn't a viable career option. And so I, I ended up working in traditional media in the print industry, um, and I consulted to very large commercial printers. And I used to go um, do training in Europe and... Um, this was kind of at the tail, or at least when digital technology started um, sort of uh, emerging uh, in the global economy. And I saw how, you know, the top printers in Europe were struggling. 
Um, but I also recognized that the manufacture process in printing was almost identical to animation. And so I started um, investing uh, my spare cash uh, in my own studio and developed um, uh, a pilot of a, a TV series called My Child Teenage Mutant Revenues, um, which is uh, political satire. Um, anyway, I, I kind of jumped in two feet uh, because um, not soon after I'd started my studio, but the uh, print industry kind of collapsed in South Africa and a lot of people lost jobs. Um, and so that leap of faith um, perhaps wasn't so much a leap of faith. It was, um, it was a, a calculated move, a career, career move. Um, and, you know, uh, thankfully that, that pilot um, uh, was uh, debuted at the Comedy Central International Comedy Festival. It was on the same bill as Trevor Noah, uh, Hannibal Buress, Jeff Ross, um, some really heavy hitters in the comedy industry. Mm. Um, and it was also broadcast on Comedy Central Africa um, on the tail end of South Park, um, whatever that current season was. So we... Um, yeah, we, we, we made some, some waves. <clears throat> some serious um, waves, if, if you ask me, because, I mean, you guys are punching very high. Well, um, it's, it's also virgin territory. You know, we're, we're touching a new path. Um, there's nothing that goes before us. As the circle said, you know, he's, um, when he went to Goblan, uh, um, you know, he was validating himself, but he was you know, carving his own um, sort of path and, and, and trajectory. Um, but yeah, so we, we got the show, or at least the pilot, on Comedy Central, and um, we were negotiating pre-sales with uh, Comedy Central Africa and Comedy Central Germany, and then Viacom, the holding company, restructured their international operations, and um, both of their both of the decision makers that we were dealing with, um, you know, were shown the door. And so too did our deals. Um, and I looked at it as, I mean, I've, I've only ever wanted to tell Afrocentric stories. I mean, I've grown up in South Africa. It's, uh, it's part of who I am. And, and I looked at it from the perspective of, you know, as a, as a as a white guy that is, has a close proximity to um, uh, privilege and opportunities and capital, it was so difficult for me to get to that point and still not, still not be sustainable. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how much more difficult is it going to be for um, a guy coming out of the uh, township who's got all the talents, all the the energy, all the drive, how much more difficult is it going to be for him or her? And, um, and so I was motivated to, to create a social enterprise, um, a pro-profit, talent-driven social enterprise called the African Animation Network, um, which our core mission is to empower African animation professionals. And, um, you know, you can go onto our website 
www.africananimation.net um, and you can take a look at all the, uh, the initiatives we run. We don't just run it in South Africa. Um, we run it Pan-Africa. Um, our team members are across the continent. Um, so we've, going back to your earlier question, how yes. does COVID-19 impact us? Well, fairly little um, if you consider that our um, business structure is um, decentralized. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, that, that kind of was the leap of faith, um, but I also see, saw an opportunity for us to build a sustainable ecosystem. Fantastic um, and, you, and, and if, if you look at the demographics across the continent, um, there's definitely an opportunity for us to build a sustainable industry, without a doubt, on our home audience. Let's see, is that why you find yourself in France? I cannot pronounce this name, but having spent time there, you can say it better than I can. Mm-hmm. Is why why I spent time in France? You know, talking about opportunities, as Nick was saying, sometimes you know he did what he did because he had the opportunities, the privilege, and all of that. You know, um, you know, acknowledging the difficulties, and he was saying how worse, you know, what more for someone like you who comes from the township. So I'm thinking maybe you also saw the same challenge, hence you found yourself uh, studying in France. Yes, 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 yes. Because, you know, like I applied because I had reached a dead end in my growth that I could see in myself in South Africa at the time. And, uh, you know, I will, as artists, we're very competitive. I wanted to be the best, so I wanted to apply to the best. And being accepted by the best sort of had that validation. But also, after I graduated from VIT, I went to VIT, I did fine arts. I'm not a, like, taught animator. I, I wanted to be an animator, so I taught myself. I uh, started teaching at VIT a bit, and then I started teaching at the school called the Animation School. They had just opened a uh, campus in Johannesburg, but in Cape Town. It was 15 years old at the time. You know, so I've been involved in education, and I could see from the classes I had, like, there'd be three black people, and... 28 white people, and you know, even though, like, even that, that's besides the point. The point was the, 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 the quality of education, of animation education, was not what I wanted it to be, like, what I wanted to get if I was at an animation school. So going to Kornon, you know, going from being an, uh, a teacher to being a student again, it gave me a chance to analyze their curriculum and how they taught and what they did differently. I could come back as I have and emulate it and do it myself in my everyday practice and, you know, the, the internship that I run and in my own studio. You never stop learning, and that's what we realized by creating partnerships with other smaller studios that you, you can't stop learning, actually, if you want to grow. Wow, that's a lot of work. Both of you gentlemen, this is an industry that has been around for quite a while. And yet it is growing thanks to the international market who sometimes come to you to do work for them that nobody really gets to know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, you know, uh, most studios, you have to focus on service work if you want to grow monetary-wise. Monetary you can't just appear on the scene and say, we make films. You can if you're really good. But what I've seen from a lot of 
younger studios because the older guys here, like your Disney's, your Pixar's, that's what I already said. You can't be competing with those guys. But there's younger studios that are using what they want to do as a way to strengthen a client's work. So if a client comes to them and says, we want an ad for a bicycle, for instance, you know, these guys would actually pitch to that company instead of having that company pitch to them because you have this company, like as an animation studio, you have the studio which has really amazing artists. They want to work on the most groundbreaking animation. Like with each project, they want to get better. You don't want to make them animate spinning bottles or like make logos for milk. <laughs> so even if it's a milk ad, you want to push the boundaries, you know? So when people come to you for work, they know why they're coming to, to you for work. You can really push the boundaries. So service work, as, you know, as tiresome as it's been in, in the history of animation, it's started to take on a new identity of owning that kind of that kind of work. You you get you know, as a when you provide service to a bigger studio, you get paid really well. So that's the plus. And the other thing is you can get to own that the identity of your of your studio and what you do. Yeah. You 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 agree with that, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. Um uh, I, this afternoon we, we did a, a master class uh, slash panel dis- uh, discussion um, called uh, Youth in Animation. And, uh, I mean, we didn't flesh it out in a lot of detail, but uh, we did touch on it. Um, currently, because of the dynamics of our industry being fairly young, um, we produce a lot of generalists. In other words, they're graduates um, that are multi-skilled, and don't necessarily specialize in one particular um, specialization. And uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's a sign of a, a mature industry that you can have specialists. And so, uh, you know, it's something that um, Lesejo is trying to pioneer and bring through. And yeah, absolutely. Um, I, do, I do agree with that. It's uh, coming. It's twenty-one minutes to five o'clock. We're chatting to animators, professionals in their own rights. Not only do they do great work, they put in a lot of work into getting the chance to do great work, and uh, it's paying off in you know handsomely. And uh, it's nice to know that you know even though COVID nineteen is affecting a lot of people, they are affected, but not as bad. Obviously, Nick uh, touching on uh, the masterclass that they had this afternoon. If you missed out on it, we. we would like you to get in touch with them so that uh, you are on their mailing list so that uh, if the next one comes up, obviously, it's going to be a webinar. You are part of it. We'll chat more in a moment. Stay with us on SFM. Good journalism is significant in 2020. We need to bring factual-based news to the community. And I actually lived with my grandparents on a farm. And coming from a typical Indian family, we would listen to Lotus FM. And my grandmother would just love the sound of... Devi Sankri's voice. I think I saw the love that she had for it and I developed the same kind of love and I would stand in front of the mirror and pretend to be her. As I grew older, morning live was just an essential and I'd just be so interested in everything they had to share with me. I would love to get onto a site where things are happening and report what's going on and just be that inspiration for someone else, the same inspiration that I found in those people that I watched on TV. Just be that for someone else. I'm Selena, and I'm proud to say that I've pursued a career in journalism because of all of those experiences. 
TV licenses. Hashtag made possible by you. Noisy neighbors making you turn up the volume? We get it. But there's noise and then there's need. So if you hear something disturbing happening nearby, take action, turn down your radio and turn up your attention. Visit gbv.org.za to report abuse or ask for help. Turn down your radio. Listen. Act. We'll be right here when you're done. 20, 19 minutes to 5. Thank you for staying with us on SFM. 891 SMS 41391. Cost is only 150. Email mandla at sfm.co.za. Facebook, Twitter, SFM Radio. Using the hashtag SFM Soundawake. 0614104107. It's our WhatsApp line. Voice notes or SMSs you can send through to us. Talking to professional animators. We need to stress professional. Let's go first Nick Wilson. These are guys, I think they spend a lot of time together talking about ideas and they go their separate ways and get creative and get together again. Gentlemen, is, is this a caring industry? I heard somebody somewhere talking about the fact that in the animation business, Nick wants Lesoho to do well because when Lesoho does well, they both do well and vice versa. Absolutely. Uh, in, in actual fact, Lesoho and, uh, and, and I have worked together on a couple of projects. So um, that's very much uh, a common thread. Uh, not always. I mean, you do get uh, your industry politics, like in any industry. But the difference with animation is that... Um, you know, so if you look at, it, uh, for instance, a TV series or a feature film, um, uh, as many as like a hundred to a thousand people could have touched every frame of that piece of animation. And so it's probably the most collaborative art form of all time. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, make sense for us to be overly competitive at the expense of others. I mean, it's it, 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 like you said, you know, for if Lusejo is a success, then, you know, he bootstraps the industry um, and he raises the profile of the industry in the country and the continent, and, and that's good for everyone else. It, it, it's good to know. It's good to know because it's almost like uh, at the rate things are going, it's, it comes across as a bit of a scarce skill. Uh, because it, it's not spoken about in large volumes like other careers, like uh, copywriting, if you will, or directing. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah, absolutely it's not. I mean, uh, we, we also discussed this in, in the workshop this, uh, this afternoon, well, yesterday afternoon. Um, you know, convincing our parents that uh, uh, there is a sustainable career in a creative industry it's quite tough, you know. Um, you know, they want you to be an IT or they want you to be a lawyer or an accountant, you know, very recognized kind of professions. Whereas animation, um, especially in South Africa and, and Africa, has not traditionally been a sustainable career. Um, it's a relatively new industry um, across the continent. Well, I'm glad to see that you guys are gradually changing that, 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 that picture and painting it differently. Um, 
the, the real cost, is it expensive to get into this business? I mean, you guys have studied extensively and have done a lot of work. Uh, it makes me think it, it costs quite a bit. <laughs> there's, two, there's, two, there's two trains of thought here. Yeah, there's, there's one way. Well, you, you, you jump in the circle. You know this yeah, better than I do. I know what you're going to say. We covered it uh, earlier in the, in the discussion yeah. as well. That was a pretty long discussion. You know, if, if, you, if you can afford it, schools are expensive. There are animation schools, there are colleges, and it's actually being introduced into universities as well now. So it is ex- an expensive course to undertake but they do exist, which is a good thing, the fact that it exists at schools. So you can get a, quite a, a big, continuous workforce, which means the industry itself will grow. But on the other hand, there are self-taught animators, and those guys, they are some of the best still in the industry today because no one, they had no one at the school tell them, no, no, you can't do this and this. So they just started doing this and this, and they became good at both. And then they become good at three things, and they, they realize that they're actually good at the whole pipeline, which makes them really good directors. And what they'll be missing is maybe the technical terms or the, the theoretical stuff where us VITS graduates will come and act like, you know, oh, we're above you because we know this book, which doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you have to press play. And if people like it, you're the winner. If people don't like it, your degree doesn't matter. That's an yeah. <laughs> You agree, Nick? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we... Well, the African Animation Network, in partnership with um, Annecy Festival, which is actually uh, supposed to be running now. It's a virtual festival, unfortunately, and uh, it's kind of the mecca for animation globally. It's the oldest, most prestigious animation festival. Um, And incidentally, this year, Africa was supposed to be honored, unfortunately, because of COVID-19, it's now moved to next year. But anyway, the African Animation Network, in partnership with Annecy, um, runs a pitching competition um, called Animation du Monde, um, Pan-Africa. And we, we host it in uh, five regions across the continent. Um, and I think 90% of the contestants that have gone through that pitching competition which we, which we also host a skills development program alongside it. Um, 90% of those individuals are self-taught, and they learn their craft online, um, mostly because uh, there's very few animation schools in Africa other than in South Africa, and maybe Ghana, Kenya's just opened one. Um, but on the whole, there's very few animation schools. Um, so you find that these guys are guys and girls are, are, are learning via YouTube videos um, or enrolling in online courses. Um, so, you know, there's just because you don't necessarily have access to uh, a university, it doesn't mean you cannot study animation. Um, and, and like the circle was saying, some of the best creatives in the global industry of self-taught. So, yeah. Uh, Gentlemen, can I ask you this question? Um, How how come we we have fewer ladies on on this? And because looking at your panel today as well, we only saw Kaibela and we're hoping to see a lot more. What's the story there? Um, You know, that's a a tough question uh, to ask two males. (laughs) 
Um, you know, me, I think the two males have got a solution. Well, I, I, I think the, the, the solution is that, um, you know, we need to get more females into, um, into tertiary institutes and into the creative industry. Um, you know, I don't think it's unique to just the animation industry that, the, that women are underrepresented. But having said that, um, we've been running Animation Demand for three years. Um, in, and in that time, um, I think it's 75% of the winners of the continental finals um, have been women. So Nice to know. Yeah, so it, it, it's, it's not a case of women don't have the skills or the creative, creativity, they definitely do. Um, and we've seen it come through in the pitching competition. There's also a concern around um, talent retention, i.e. talent staying in the country. Are you guys worried about that? Um, I think maybe five years ago, but not now. The youngsters are doing really well. I don't, I don't think it's really that important for them to stay. They, people have to leave. Like, if I hadn't left, I wouldn't be making the changes that I'm making, you know? People have to leave. And you can't force people to be about the African aesthetic if they don't want to be. If someone wants to end up in France, let them end up in France. If they want to end up in Ireland, I have a few friends from South Africa who are working in Ireland now because that's what they want, you know? But it actually, it, the, this falls on the institutions that are teaching to make not just three kids out of 30 really good, but 30 out of 30 really good by following protocol and following proper curriculum guidelines that are cleaning proper rewards around the world, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, from what I hear from you, gentlemen, you are stamping the statement that uh, animation is truly sustainable in the country. Nick? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, maybe not for an entire industry right now, I think we're gearing up to that. Um, you know, uh, as we producing higher caliber graduates, as they're moving into our local industry, as opposed to moving abroad immediately, um, we're building capacity. And when we build that capacity, we're able to attract more international service work. We then um, create a, a critical mass of skills where we can actually start developing our own content for our own audiences. Um, and at that stage where we're now kind of um, uh, developing and producing our own ideas uh, and we own that IP, then I think there's long-term sustainability. So we're moving, um, I think, more rapidly than maybe five years ago, but we're definitely moving in that direction. Quickly, before we go, gentlemen, obviously, lots of us want to know what you guys are working on. Lesoho? Um, well, as I've touched upon, I've got two main ventures right now. It's my studio, the Head and Hand Studios, and what we focus on is that high-end 2D, you know, African aesthetic stuff where we want people to see it and to be to know that it's African just by the fact that, you know, it's mainly black characters telling our stories. But the quality must not be, because, you know, like, I don't like this in that it's good for black or it's good for Africa. It must just be good. 
and oh, they're from Africa. That's it. So, you know, that's what our studio is pushing. And at Simulukong, I'm uh, training interns to reach that level so, you know, people like myself and Nick can start hiring from that pool. And they're reaching that level. They're really becoming good. Albeit under trial by fire, they're really becoming good. So my, my job is twofold. I'm involved in training, which I love, and I'm also in, involved in filmmaking, which I also love. But, you know, focusing on that authentic African aesthetic without having to show animals and, and you know, the Sahara, because the last time I saw a lion myself was probably 10 years ago. That's <laughs> not the reality of Africa. So we need yeah. to show the reality of Africa. You know. And, so, yeah. and for yeah. you, Nick? Um, currently... Uh, in terms of a, a COVID-19 response, um, we're uh, finishing the editing of what we call animation hacks and uh, writing 101, uh, like mini workshops. They're literally like two minutes long, um, and they're aimed at like um, young adults from like the age of like 13 to 18 who are considering a career in animation and, and it just gives them low cost um, uh, ideas of developing their uh, skills before they make the leap into, you know, going to a tertiary institute. Uh, we're also um, dubbing um, some early childhood development content from Tanzania um, with a, a, a studio called uh, Ubongo. Um, and they're probably the leading early childhood development studio on the continent. Um, and we're dubbing their content um, into Isuzulu and Sesuzu. Um, and we'll be distributing that probably within the next month, uh, both those projects. Um, and then yeah. within... Next. In the next, yeah. Uh, can I just inter? You know what I like. COVID nineteen is there, but you guys are busy, which is fantastic, <laughs> because other other industries it's not the same. Uh, and I'm thinking as well, somebody that is almost trying to dissuade their child from getting into animation, they're gonna change their mind, really yeah. and truly. Given what I've heard, you guys are busy regardless. You're in an industry that is not seasonal. You're all seasons, which is fantastic. Gentlemen, let me take this opportunity and thank you ever so much. One, for, for waking up so early. Two, for pushing the boundary in terms of collaboration. I like the, the idea of collaboration because you are really, really, um, you know, raising the flag for, for this industry and also in inviting other people to come here and, and really, you know, enjoy your skills, your creativity, because you are not doing it the way it was done. You're pushing the envelope, which is fantastic. Let me thank you for joining us, and we hope that uh, a lot of us next time will uh, sit through your webinars and learn, learn a bit more. Thank, thank you. Gentlemen, best of luck. We will watch your work on TV, and uh, we can claim that we know you.